0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the song and the prayer that was chanted by pastor is the text for this evening's sermon, the prayer of Hannah. One of the big tasks or skills of our kindergarten teachers here, and for that matter, any kindergarten teacher is to teach kindergartners, which is what all of us were at one time, how to wait patiently in line for their turn. The concept of having a turn and taking a turn, and it not always being me, 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 is a huge concept that is taught in kindergarten, and kids learn. You line up behind the water fountain, you line up to get your coats on and go outside. You wait patiently for the next person to do what he needs to do. But the problem is that regardless of how young we were at that time, as we have grown up, there still is the problem with us waiting. Because waiting isn't any fun whatsoever. And we tend to try to do all kinds of things to either get out of waiting or to avoid it. I mean, look at how we handle traffic. Always trying to find a quicker way around the cars. Look at how we handle things on the Internet. We've got to have a faster connection. We hate to wait. But so much of God's plan, as he has shown us in his word, is waiting. And waiting isn't easy. Because while we're waiting, mischief abounds. In watching those same kindergartners, the line will be all smooth and steady, and then all of a sudden they're waiting for a little bit to get into the lunch line. Well, one wants to kind of look around, he's kind of bored, so he begins to play, and pretty soon two or three are playing, and the waiting is shot out the window, and now they're doing something they really shouldn't be doing. They're not ready. All of us waited, or better yet, all of our parents waited patiently for us to be conceived and to be born. Even if conception came very easily for our mother. It still took nine months of waiting. And there could be morning sickness involved. Waiting for that to get through. The waiting of being very large. And it being very heavy. And the hotness of the coldness. Or vice versa. All of that waiting. And there are many parents. Parents. Or I should say, many husbands and wives who have waited and waited and waited and still don't have a little boy or a little girl. The scripture this evening is about Hannah. There were three other women mentioned in the scriptures, very prominent women, who waited for God to deliver their barrenness, as it were, and raise them up from the dust. It was Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Hannah. And for many years, Hannah would come and faithfully pray at the temple and then go and wait. Now, whenever you and I wait, our minds play with play tricks upon us because we begin to second guess and doubt when we wait. Did I really understand it correctly? Am I doing something? Is that why God's not blessing me with the child? Is there something that we should be doing or should not be doing? And all those questions come into play when we're waiting and there's no answer yet given. There is very few, if any, of us that have waited like that for anything in this life. Hence the beauty of Hannah as an example to us in this Advent season of waiting. Her faithfulness to prayer is an example. In spite of seeing every single monthly cycle come and go and there be no conception, she faithfully prayed. And waited. How many years? We know not, but waited. And every year when they went up to the temple to offer the sacrifice that was obligatory for them as a family, to go there and pray again and return home and wait And all the while that her husband's other wife, Benina, rubbed it in her face that she was fertile. Hannah wasn't. And she had to wait. Sort of like Satan taunting us in our waiting. The thing that she also had to have been faithful in in order to be fed during that drought of waiting, as she was fed faithfully on God's promises and faithfully heard God's promises. For that could be the only food that would sustain her soul during this wilderness experience of waiting. When God finally blessed her with Samuel, Samuel wasn't hers, Was he? She had to give her firstborn son back to the Lord because of her vow. Entrusting him to someone else to raise. Though she nursed him and weaned him, someone else would raise him Eli, the priest. So, weaning him somewhere between three and five years old, she left him off at the temple turned her back and went home. I cannot imagine the knife that must have pierced her heart as she walked away and heard in her ears the cries of her little Samuel, entrusting him into the hands of a loving God who had provided him for her to begin with. Even though both of my kids haven't been offered up to the temple to be used by God, they're no more mine than Samuel was Hannah's. They're a gift from God, but they are not mine to keep. And we all know as parents, and we have exhibited it to our own parents, we and our children have a mind of our own. Interesting in talking to parents when they were the happiest, they they recount times when their children were young. And the common response has been to me, that's when I could control their environment and take care of them. And I felt like I had the most power and responsibility over them. It is only as they grew older when they couldn't fix their outs because their insides were hurting. And they couldn't take care of their decisions because they were their decisions and not the parents'. Johanna so left Samuel at that temple entrusting him to God's promise, which is no different than us as husbands and wives and parents. And it was done to us by our own parents. There was a woman many hundreds of years later who entrusted her son into God's hands. And she had to witness his sacrificial death on the accursed tree. Her firstborn. And from the time he was little till the time he died, she knew he was more than her son. She knew he was her savior. And the relationship of mother to son ended. Very clearly, as the relationship of God, Savior to creature redeemed began. In the midst of your and my waiting, we're like Hannah, waiting to see what God will do. You alone know those things about which you're waiting to see what God could do. And your kids, and yourselves, And your teachers and your friends and family members and your husbands and your wives and your fellow church members and your parents and your brothers and sisters. What will God do? Hannah's prayer that Pastor canted for us is a prayer of reverses where that which is exalted is brought low and that which is low is exalted. That which is rich and fat is made lean and that which is lean is made rich and fat. Where the mighty's bows are broken and the feeble bind on strength. The barren has seven children and she who has many is forlorn. The Lord makes rich and the Lord makes poor. The Lord kills and the Lord brings to life. And all the while, as we are a part of this happening, we're like Hannah and we wait. We wait in faith like Hannah, but we wait. And there is no way to speed it up. No way to avoid it, no way to sidestep it, no way to preclude it. It is, not to sound fatalistic, but it is what God has placed in your and my life. We don't have to be happy with it. God did not ask our permission before he laid that upon us. It was laid upon us. Now we are responsible to bear it. As Hannah had to bear the loss of Samuel. So we have to bear that as well. With what God lays upon us. But when he says. Excuse me. When she. That is Hannah. Speaks. Of this raising up. Lifting the needy from the ash heap. He is speaking about you and me. That's our final inheritance. That's the end of the story. It finishes with us being triumphant. That is the gospel story since the beginning of time. That at the end, when God comes again with glory and angels accompany him, we will stand victorious upon that day. We will be ushered into heaven. We will be given crowns of eternal life. But until that day, we wait. And we live out our faith in this wilderness. And we walk and serve, trusting ourselves and entrusting all those whom we love into the hands of a God who has revealed himself in Christ. The son of Mary. in the name of Jesus amen the peace of god which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds on Christ Jesus to life everlasting amen maybe see